You're listening to a message from Highway Church entitled Soul Wars, part eight of eight. Enjoy. Hallelujah. Okay, you guys ready? You do have your seatbelts, right? All right, good. It's good to be changed by the word. I love it. I'm so glad God doesn't just let us stay the same. I mean, it would be all right to stay the same if you were perfect, right? But there's only one who can do that, right? And that's him. So boy, I, I, I mean, I, I recognize my need to change every moment of my life. I mean, I need to change. I really need to change. Are we recording this, Judah? For, for, for uh, evidence later? Okay. Yeah, that's good. No, but really, I really need to change. I need to change the way I think. I need to grow spiritually. I need to change my attitudes daily. So don't think that you've arrived and that you don't need to change, right? Paul said, I'm pressing on. I'm going all the way. Not that I'm there, right? But I'm going all the way. I'm getting stronger every day. So I think part of being changed is realizing we need to change, right? And giving God the right of way in our hearts, things I've held on to, beliefs I've held on to for 30 years, God, take them. Change me. I just want you. Father, we're here this morning in your presence, and we have made it our life purpose, Philippians 3.10. Our life purpose is to know you more, to become more deeply and intimately acquainted with you. That's our life purpose. So we put everything else aside. All the stuff that's going on in our lives, all the goals, all the projects, all the what ifs, all the I hopes, all the I dream fors. And we come before you this morning, we say, Holy Spirit, we give you full right of way to absolutely transform us. And we rejoice that you're doing that now. That we're leaving here today stronger than when we came in. Hearing your voice more clearly, knowing and understanding the wonders of your person more clearly. And we thank you for ministering to us now by your spirit, Father, and through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. That's our goal. We want to know him more every single day. We're wrapping up Soul Wars today. This is the final message in this series. And boy, have we had some fun. Hasn't it been fun? It's been really good. But the Holy Spirit and the Word of God have helped us to understand and see things more clearly about what's really going on in the world around us. This, this very real, unseen, but very real warfare taking place in the spirit realm between darkness and light. There are actual spiritual beings of darkness that have strategies against you. Wow. I don't, I don't want to be ignorant of that, right? So we're, we're not at Highway Church. We're, we're not listening to them. We realize they're against us, but we're not afraid of them. The remedy to overcome the darkness is faith in Jesus, 
right? It's faith in Jesus that overcomes the darkness, that gives us the advantage over the enemy. So we've got our eyes fixed on Jesus. We're trusting in him. We're looking to him. We know that faith in him overcomes the world. So we've been looking at Jesus and we've been seeing all kinds of amazing things in the word of God. We saw that Jesus was not only our substitute, but he was our example. And he demonstrated to us how we're to walk on this earth as human beings, full of the Holy Spirit, taking authority over the darkness. He demonstrated that to us. And walking in the authority that God has given you is so much fun. It really is. It's, a, it's really a, an essential part of a vibrant relationship with him. And it is far too absent in many believers' lives. And when you start looking at Jesus and he becomes the focus of your energy and your time and your resources, then you start to realize, wait a minute, I'm on earth for a divine purpose. Not just Jesus. He was on earth for a divine purpose, but so are you. Really. You're on earth for a divine purpose. That you're to be a co-laborer with Christ. I mean, we're living for something much greater than the American dream. Right. Right? Don't let the elections get you too upset, right? right? right, right, right. We're living for something greater than who's going to be president of America, right. right? I mean, we're thankful for those who devote their lives to serving their nation, but boy, our trust is not in them. Right. I mean, you can put it there if you want. I don't recommend it because yeah. they're people, right, like us, Right? So we're putting our trust in someone much higher and much greater, someone who's never failed, someone who's omniscient, right, in Jesus. And we're living on earth. We have a divine purpose. We're on a mission to bring people out of darkness and into light. Is that on your mind when you get up, right? That I'm on a mission to let the light of Christ flow through me. I'm on a mission to show forth Christ in the earth the excellencies of him who called us out of darkness and brought us into his marvelous light. Hallelujah. Now, Jesus told us in this battle, our time on earth is not going to be a picnic, right? And, and, and you don't have to live very long to know that. He told us that we're going to face some resistance. Matthew eleven twelve. let's pull that up here. This is the master talking. This is the one we want to emulate right? He's our all in all. He's the way, the truth, the life. When we speaks, when he speaks, we grab a hold of it. We embrace it. It becomes our way of living. So Jesus is speaking. He says, from the days of John, the spiritual forces of darkness in your life, willpower alone is not going to do it. It's not going to do it. The decisions of your will must be born from what he's done for you, from an understanding of what he's done for you. The decisions of your will, when you choose to do something, when you employ your will, it must be born of and grow from an understanding of what he's done for you. Okay? And I say that because sometimes people will hear someone uh, give a testimony of what happened in their life, they try it in their life and it doesn't work. Because they haven't, it's not born from an understanding in here. Right, right. They're just doing what they saw someone else do, but there's not real faith in here. All right? So you need this personal revelation of what Christ did for you. Right. And the Holy Spirit is ready to give it. Amen. 
All right? It's a matter of surrendering to him. And out of this personal revelation, decisions will come in your life to do things a different way than you've done them before you had that revelation. So sometimes if I don't have a revelation of someone, I can hear a message on TV or on a radio or in church, and I can discount it or ridicule it because I don't have a revelation of it. And there are groups of people that do that. They'll criticize people. Uh, and they'll put down ministries, and, and, and I hear that, and I, I've been amazed over the years, and I listen to the message or the people they're criticizing, and I realize the reason they're criticizing them is not because the person is preaching something wrong, it's because that person that's criticizing them doesn't have a revelation of what's being preached, all right? So you need a personal revelation of who God is, what he's done for you, and who you are in him. And then you employ your will, and it's born, those decisions are born out of that revelation. And that's what Jesus is. He's the revelation of God, isn't he? He's God revealed in the flesh. So to get that revelation, we study him, okay? It's not a mystery. He's revealed God to us. Hallelujah. So we saw last week something very powerful, that there is an undeniable connection between authority and healing. We're talking about walking in our God-given authority. And there's a connection between authority and health. Let's look at that in Matthew chapter 10, verse 1. And I'll let you know. Remember the scripture I told you I was going to give you? That will absolutely change your life for the rest of your life. I'll give you a warning before we get to it. We're not there yet, okay? I'll give you a heads up so you can buckle your belt a little tighter. All right, Matthew 10.1. Here it is. Here's, our, here's the revelation of God speaking. Exalt Jesus in your life. I mean, come on, really. I mean, just lift him high above every philosophy and life experience. He's Jesus. And when he speaks, I wholeheartedly embrace it, even though I don't understand it all, right? None of us understand the fullness of what he said. But boy, I embrace it anyway because I know he's good, right? So Jesus summons his 12 disciples. He gives them authority over unclean spirits. And we learned that word authority is exousia, right? Legal jurisdiction, different than the word dunamis, physical ability. Authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and authority to heal every kind of disease. And every kind of sickness. And you, you take note. It's interesting when you start making Jesus your all in all, you'll hear discussions in the world. And you'll notice so many of, the, so many of those discussions leave what he said out. And health is a great example. I've never heard a conversation about the ingredients necessary for health that includes authority in it unless I'm hearing a message from someone who understands it, but in the world, right? Authority to heal every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. That's an eye-opener. He didn't give them an herbal solution from the east, right? Didn't tell them to get to bed earlier, to exercise. He gave them authority. This is a supernatural revelation, all right? To heal every kind of disease. Didn't leave anything out. And every kind of sickness. You need authority to grab a hold of the healing God has provided for you and to keep it. 
because Satan will try and take it away. Darkness will try and take it away. Now, you can read that and say, why authority? What does authority have to do with sickness and disease? Well, when you understand where sickness and disease came from, it makes a whole lot of sense. Where did it come from? Processed food? No. Mm -mm. Uh -uh. No, you got to go back to the beginning. God made man whole, didn't he? Right? It's when Adam put his faith in Satan, right? And Satan became the God of this world. The curse of sin came upon the earth. Everything changed. That's when sickness entered the earth, right? Sickness came through the curse of sin. It's true anyway, right? It came through the curse of sin. They didn't have any processed foods when, when God was leading them in the Old Testament, right? They were kosher. Even in, even in the New Testament, right? Their fruits were fresh. But they, they dealt with every kind of sickness and every kind of disease, right? Why are people looking for, for answers to the supernatural, to, to the spiritual, in the physical? I'm not denying there are some, some, some good practices in the physical, but they can't even begin to compare to the supernatural power of the spiritual reality of what Christ has done. And when you start realizing Lillian B. Yeoman, a physician from many years ago, you may know of her famous, she was a physician until she discovered this and she went into full-time ministry, right? And she had become addicted to some, uh, I think it was heroin or something, some heavy drug. Uh, and uh, some, she lived in, the, I believe in the, when did she pass? In the early 1900s? Maybe 1940, 50, somewhere in there. But there's, there's a revelation here that's supernatural. Hallelujah. Now, well, let's park here for a little bit. I've noticed that there are far too many people quick to put their faith in, studies show that, rather than it is written. And they'll search for hours and find studies that show that rather than spend hours of meditating and it is written. Do you know it's impossible for any man-made organization to do an objective study? Impossible. Absolutely impossible. Why? Because there are always unknown variables. Always. Because man is not omniscient. And if, you know, and I, I grew up hearing all kinds of studies. And then years later, I'd hear, oh, that study we did seven years ago, we, we realized that we didn't take this into consideration and that's no longer true and such and such, right? Well, that's where man lives. They're trying. I'm not faulting anybody. But there is a greater revelation and it's here in Christ, okay? So we're quick to put our faith in it is written and very slow in studies show that because we realize that's not foolproof. That's just, that's limited knowledge. This is unlimited knowledge, right? Jesus, unlimited knowledge. Man, limited knowledge. Important, right? So if we're going to exercise authority over spirits of darkness, we need unlimited knowledge. We need Jesus, okay? He's, he's Christ. We're exalting him this morning in our thinking. I know it hurts sometimes, right? Because we've got to change, but we exalt him anyway. So the word is paramount to us. Can I give you a scripture here? This isn't the one, but no. Proverbs 4.20. Okay. Now, now this is, this is uh, Holy Spirit, right? Holy Spirit inspired. 
my son, give attention to my words, incline your ear to my sayings. Next verse. Don't let them depart from your sight. So this is really an important thing here, right? Top priority. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Don't go anywhere yet. Go back. All right, so he said, give attention to my words, incline your ear to my sayings, do not let them depart from their sight, keep them in the midst of your heart, and don't go anywhere yet. Why does he want us to do that? Because if you don't obey me, I'm going to be really mad. And I'll be really upset with you if you make any mistakes. No, not next verse. For they are life. To who? Revelation. To those who have a revelation of what they are. To those who find them. Now look at this. And health. Oh, come on, God. Health. What does the Bible have to do with health? Everything. You know what that Hebrew word there is in health? You study it out, it literally means the cure and the remedy for their whole body. It's just the Bible. But we've got to take it for what it is, right? They are life to those who find them and health, the cure, the medicine, the remedy to all their whole body. Have you ever had a, a, a prescription for an antibiotic? They'll say, take this for 10 days, right? Why does God, and, and they say, even after you feel better, take the rest of it, right? right. Yeah, and that, which is fine. They want it because it needs to be in your system. Right. It needs to work all the way through. You need to go the full distance, right? right. Well, God's word is like that. You need to get it inside of you and keep it in your system your whole time on earth. Didn't he say that to Joshua? Meditate in my word day and night. This is not a passive, la-di-da, I'm going to church kind of thing, right? We're, we're, we, are, we are champions for Christ, right? We, we feed on the word of God like it's going out of style, right? We, we, we can't get enough of it because it is life to those who find them. And it's the medicine, it's the cure, it's the remedy, it's the health for our whole body. Hallelujah. We've got to keep moving here. How do we walk in our God-given faith? We learned this last week by faith, right? How do we walk in this? How do we walk in our God-given authority? Excuse me. How do we take authority over the darkness? It's by faith. Everything we receive from God is by faith. Don't religify that word. Faith is being sure and certain. That's what faith is. Being sure and certain. Can you put the Weymouth translation up there? Olivia and Eden of, uh, there we go. Faith is a well-grounded assurance. This doesn't work if you're not sure. It doesn't. There's no playing this spiritual game. You, you, can, you can't do it. You can fool people and say, oh, I believe that. You can't fool the spirit of darkness. They see right through it. They know if you have faith in Christ, right? Isn't that what the guys, uh, the sons of Sceva tried to do? They saw Paul exercising authority over the devil. They tried to do it, and they said, we know Paul. We know Jesus, but who are you, right? You can't play games with the spirit realm. You'll get messed up, right? You've got to be sure and certain of who he is what he's done for you, and who you are in him. Because in the heat of the battle, there's no time to say, now what was that? Um, You have to move. You have to speak with authority. All right? So how does this sureness come? Where does it come from? Vitamins? I mean, is there a a sureness pill I can take? 
How do I get this confidence, this certainty? Where does this well-grounded assurance that nothing can move come from? Let's look at it in the Word, Romans 10, 17. Where does faith come from? It's really simple. So faith comes from hearing. Faith comes from hearing. So what I listen to, what I give my attention to, is what I end up believing. I'm not just talking, you know, Bible stuff. It doesn't matter. CNN, you know, talk shows, Oprah, whatever. Whatever voices I give credence to, that's what I end up having faith in. That's how it works. There's no, there's no surpassing or bypassing this. That's how we're made. Faith comes from hearing. If I want faith in Christ, I need to hear the word of Christ. All right? So if I want to develop a strong assurance, a well-grounded assurance of who God is, what he's done for me, and who I am in him, I need to listen to voices that talk about those things. Really. I need, to, I need to look for voices. Now, the best one, obviously, is his word and Jesus. But there are ministries who proclaim these things. They're hard to find, but they're out there. And, man, I'm on them like a bloodhound. I'm listening for messages during the week. I find someone who's preaching who God really is, what he's done for us in Christ, and who we are in him. I'm there, and I'm eating it up because I know I need to hear it. I need to feed my faith. I need to become stronger each and every day. Right? So the messages, and I say message, that could be a message from a church. It could be a message from a friend. It could be a text message. It could be a Facebook post. It could be, you know, an Instagram or whatever. Whatever messages I choose to focus on and listen to are going to shape my life. Absolutely. Absolutely. When you start realizing these things, the things you listen to starts to diminish. (laughs) There's things I won't even turn on anymore because I just don't want to hear them. And I I know that people in the news are doing their job, but I'll tell you, there is such an undertone and an overtone of anxiety and fear in the news. It's amazing. And I remember when I came to know Christ back in the late 80s and I spent some time with him, and then I don't know how many months I had been with him. And then I heard a news broadcast. And, I, and just my spirit right away, I said, boy, there's a lot of fear in that. There's a lot. You know, I, I didn't, wasn't able to articulate it all at that time. But man, the voices you listen to will shape your life. Okay? So now we're going to go to a verse that tells us why we have church. Are you ready? No, this is not the one. Hold on. 1 Corinthians 1. We're getting there. I, I, I want to fertilize the soil here before we get there. Put some nutrients in your heart before we get there so you can, you can receive it, okay? So you wonder, like, what's the deal with church? Is that like some man-made thing, you know, so we can get to heaven? Or should we do this to ease our conscience? Why do we gather publicly and, and assemble? And, you know, why do we have to sing? And why does someone have to preach? And all that stuff. You know, why are we doing this? Really, it's good to know that. Because I, I sure have no desire to do this apart from Christ. I'd rather go golfing, you know. So 1 Corinthians 1.18. Now listen to this. This is very powerful. This is revelation now, right? It hurts sometimes when revelation comes in because you have to shed some things. But boy, is it worth it. So go ahead, God. Bring in the revelation. 
for the preaching of the cross. What's that? What Christ did for you. The preaching of what Christ did for us. I mean, that's one of the three things we talk about here. Who God is, what He's done for us through Christ, and who we are in Him. So you look for these when you're reading the Bible. Here's one of them. For the preaching of what Christ did for us, what God did for us through Christ, it's also known as the finished work of Christ, is to them that perish foolishness. Oh boy. But unto us, which are saved, it's the power of God. What a contrast. Foolishness and the power of God. And it's the same message. So what determines the effect that a message has? Not the message, the heart of the hearer, right? The heart of the hearer. So I want my heart to be fertile so I can hear the message and God's power can flow through me. So we want to be slow to criticize the word, right? For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and I'll bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Verse 20. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? That's the, law, the lawyer, the legal expert. Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? Check. Right? Sure he has. Boy, oh boy, is that... And the more revelation you get, the more foolish things look. I'm telling you. You looked at like an oddball, but it's all right. Verse 21. For after that in the wisdom of God... The world by wisdom knew not God. God could not be more obvious in creation. Couldn't be more obvious. If you want evidence of God, just look in the mirror. We, we, we saw a show we were watching. What was that show on robots we were watching, Judah? About the advancement of robots. And they're saying how difficult it is just to make a robot that can walk. It's amazing. And they, they, they have these competitions each year. It's really fun to watch. But these programmers and, and the, the builders of it were talking about, it is so difficult just to get a robot to move like a human body. And they're showing ones, and they take a few steps, and then, you know. But they talked about all the sensors that we have on the bottom of our feet. <laughs> what? They, 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 just to, to be able to write codes and try and duplicate that, because they're trying to make robots to go into these emergency situations. But rescue, yeah, rescue bots, yeah. But they've got to sense heat. They've got to sense the terrain. And we do all this stuff without even thinking about it, you know? I mean, how obvious is a supernatural designer? Just look in the mirror, right? It couldn't be more obvious. God couldn't be more clear and more obvious. But the world, it says here, after the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching. I love that. The foolishness of preaching to save. Boy, that's a word to study in the Bible, in the New Testament. Sozo. To heal and make whole. Through the foolishness of preaching to heal and make whole. Everybody? Them? That believe. For the Jews require a sign and the Greeks seek after wisdom. When I put my faith in Christ, I stopped looking for signs because I knew his word was true. When you've got his word, you've got everything. You don't need a sign. Immature people spiritually look for signs. 
But we're strong spiritually here, right? We know that if we've got the word, we've got it. Verse 23, but we preach Christ crucified. What's that? Finished work of Christ again. What he did for us. Got that? See? But we preach what God did for us through Christ. Okay? Unto the Jews, it's a stumbling block. Unto the Greeks, foolishness. But unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, it's the power of God. And it's the wisdom of God. So we've unveiled a radically different wisdom from the world. And it's all built upon Jesus and what he did for us. So we really are different people, aren't we? Our, our foundation for the decisions we make is very, very different. And it's built on this supernatural revelation of Christ crucified. Wow, this is great. How are we doing? We all right? So one of the primary reasons that we gather each week is for the preaching of the word. Not for me. Not because I want to be a preacher. We need to hear from a human body what Christ has done for us. Do you know angels can't do this? Angels can't preach the gospel? God made it this way. His word was made to live in you and come out of your mouth. Someone needs to be preaching this. And through this preaching, your life is going to be changed. This is the method God chose to heal and deliver and to set free and to save. This is one of the primary reasons we gather. And man, when I started really, I couldn't wait to get to church. I couldn't wait to hear the message. But it had to be a place was giving me the real deal, right? Or it just gets blah, right? I needed who God was, who he is, what he's done for me, and who I am in Christ. All right, we're getting closer. We're getting closer. Here we go. Matthew. We're going to Matthew now. Now we're going into some things that are, that are, that are life-changing. We're going to look at three passages, then we're going to hit the big one. All right? Now God loves you, doesn't he? He's absolutely for you all the time. So we don't mind when error is exposed in our lives because we're not perfect. So we don't mind if God shows us something that we're doing wrong. We welcome that. In fact, we want that, right? God reveal to us where we're missing it, right? Show us, Lord. Show us if there's anything in our thinking or ideas or our decision-making that doesn't line up with who you are, right? Okay, here's Jesus. Here's the master. Behold, a woman which was diseased with an issue of blood. Twelve years. It's a long time. Judah, you're 12. How many days is that? 12 times 365. Quick. 12 years. Came behind him and touched the hem of his garment. Why would she do this? She was, she was shopping. She was an HSN representative. Wanted to sell his garment. No. Here's the reason why. Verse 21. She touched his garment because... She said within herself. The Amplified says, for she kept saying to herself. What was she doing? Exercising her God-given authority over her body with her mouth. Here's an example of what we're talking about. She said not to the people around her, not to her family, to her body, to herself. If I but touch his garment, I shall be sozo. Same word from 1 Corinthians 
1821. For the foolish of preaching, it pleased God to save Sozo. If I touch his garment, I shall be whole. Sozo. You'll see that word throughout the New Testament. Uh, go ahead, next, next one. But Jesus turned about, and when he saw her, he said, Daughter, be of good comfort. Your faith has made you whole. <laughs> what? Was Jesus a little tipsy there or something? No, he's sober, right? He never makes a mistake. Daughter, be of good comfort. Your faith hath made you whole. There's sozo again. That word comes three times in this verse. And two in this one and one in the last one. And the woman was made whole, sozo again, from that hour. What made her whole? According to Jesus, her faith, her sureness, her certainty, her well-grounded assurance that she developed by saying over and over again, right? If I touch him, I'll be whole. 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 This woman went through a lot for 12 years. We didn't have time to read it all, but she spent all of her money on physicians and got no better. Right? She, she, was, she was frustrated. She had an issue that was unclean. She wasn't allowed out in public. She was probably crawling through the crowd. But she was sure and she was certain that if she touched him, she'd be whole. Let's keep going. Let's go back to one chapter, to Matthew chapter 8. We're getting there. You guys ready? Not yet, though. This is not it. But it's, get, it's getting us prepared. When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed and in terrible suffering. Now, he hasn't really asked him anything yet, has he? Look how eager God is to heal. Jesus said to him, I will go and heal him. Did he ask him to do that yet? No. Not really. He's just telling what his situation is. Jesus jumps on it. God is eager to make you whole. He wants you to be whole more than you want to be whole. He's eager to make you whole. I will go and heal him. The centurion replied, Lord, I don't deserve to have you come under my roof. Now, most people would have jumped up and down right there. Woo, Jesus is coming to my house. I'm all set. Right? He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's coming. Right? But look at this guy's assurance. He doesn't need Jesus to come. All he needs is his word. This is the faith that God wants to build in us Amen. and in you. It's in us now. So he says, I don't need you. I don't deserve to have you come, but just say the word. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Don't let them depart from your sight. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their whole body. That's all I need, Jesus. Just say the word. It's health to my servant's body. Just say the word, and my servant will be healed. And then look, look, look at this. Now we, we, we get insight into this man's understanding of what? For I myself am a man under. <sighs> he got it. He got the connection between authority and healing. Do you see that? 
He said, all you need to do is speak the word for I understand authority. Wow, this guy had it. He wasn't even one of God's people. <laughs> With soldiers unto me, I tell this one, go, and he goes, and that one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does. What's that have to do with healing? Everything. Right? He's a military man. He understands this next verse. When Jesus heard this, oh, man, wouldn't you like to astonish Jesus with your faith? We're Jesus astonishers at Highway Church. We astonish him daily with our confidence in him. Amen. Amen. We're going to astonish you, Lord, with our confidence in you. Nothing's too hard for you. Nothing's impossible with you. We worship you. He was astonished. And said to those following him, I tell you the truth, I've not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. Wow, look at verse 13. Then Jesus said to the centurion, go, it will be done. Look at those last words. Just as you you believed it would. Daughter, your faith has made you whole. As you believe, what do you believe about your health? It will be done just as you believed it would. And his servant was healed at that very hour. Okay, we're closer. One more passage and we're going to be there. Okay. Matthew 15. Another example. In, in being, in being a... a Good steward of the word of God, it's important to be able to support anything you believe with at least two or three solid Bible passages that are not taken out of context, okay? So this is, this is our third. And behold, a Canaanite woman came out from that region and began to cry out saying, have mercy on me, Lord, son of David, my daughter's cruelly demon-possessed. Verse 23. But he answered and said, I was sent only to the lost sheep. Oh, excuse me, I jumped a verse. But he did not answer her a word. Okay, so here's a woman, she's Canaanite, again, not one of God's people, didn't have a covenant with God. And she's crying out to God. Everyone hears her, shouting, making a scene here. Jesus doesn't even answer her, right? This is an opportunity for her to get discouraged. When you say, I'm crying out to him and he's walking by me. She could have walked away at this point, couldn't she? Opportunity number one to stop. His disciples came to him and kept saying to him, opportunity number two, send her away, for she's shouting after him. Now his staff is telling him to send me away. Opportunity number two, this isn't going to work. I better go home. But he answered and said to them, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. That's true. Jesus had a very unique purpose. Right? We're the ones who are going to the world. He came for the lost sheep of Israel. Okay, so he's just telling it like it is. So there's three. She could have gone away, right? But she came and bowed down before him saying, Lord, help me. Here comes opportunity number four. He answers and says, it is not good to take the children's bread. What's the children's bread? What does she want? Healing, right? Healing is the children's bread. Are you God's child? Absolutely. It is the basic, one of the basic fundamental provisions of God for your life, healing. Just as children need bread, God knows you 
need healing, and he's provided it for you through Christ. It's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. Ooh, here's an opportunity right there. Uh, you know, I, I think most would have quit two or three opportunities ago. But I thought, okay, well, fine. You take your, your self-righteous self, and I'll just get out of here. No. Jesus is not self-righteous. Well, I guess he's the only one that really is self-righteous, right? <laughs> but he's not arrogant, right? He just tells the truth. But look what she says. Yes. Faith says yes to God every time. Every single time, day or night, yes. We're yes to God. We're no to the devil every time. Yes to light, no to darkness. Every time we're yes. I love that. She agrees with him. See, you have to look deeper than just what's going. You have to see inside of her heart. What a heart this woman had. Nothing would deter her from her yes. Right? Not Jesus walking by her, not his disciples rejecting her, not the things that he said to her. She knew he was God. She knew it. Yes, she said. But even the dogs feed on the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Our dog understands that verse right there. Verse 28. Then Jesus answered and said to her, Oh, woman, your faith is great. Your confidence and assurance in me is great. You have a well-grounded assurance of who I am. Be it done for you. As you wish. There's just three examples, and not one of them did he say, be it done for you according to my will and power. Of course, it's his will and power, but our faith connects us to that. These people didn't heal themselves. It was the power of God that healed them, but their confidence in that. See, faith, like, opens that door and just lets it flow in you. See? And her daughter was healed from that very hour. All right, are you guys ready? Here it comes. This is it. Matthew chapter 9. Hallelujah. Are, are you willing to be changed? I mean, we're, we're yes. today. For the rest of your life, are you ready to be changed? Yes. I mean, it's scary, isn't it? There's no turning back. We got our hands to the plow. We're going all the way. We're Jesus people. We are. People are going to make fun of you. If you're coming along, there are people going to reject you and call you a fool. Maybe your own family. Maybe your parents. Maybe your kids. Are you willing? Are you ready? Do you want to go all the way with him? I'm, I'm there. I'm there. I, I'm, I mean, I, I made that commitment is what I'm saying. Not that I've arrived. I made that commitment. Here we are, Matthew chapter 9. As Jesus went on from there, two blind men followed him, crying out, Have mercy on us, son of David. He doesn't even respond. This is a different picture of, of, of what God is like. Being a pastor, people make you think you should jump at every need that's out there. That's not a pastor's job, to run to your house and meet your needs. I can't do that. 
My primary responsibility before God is to do what I'm doing right now, to give you who he is, what he's done for you, and who you are in him. Nothing will meet your needs like that. So here's Jesus, the pastor of pastors. He's walking by people who are crying out for help. Very different image of God, right? When he answered, when he entered the house, two blind men came unto him, and Jesus said to them, so they came to him, right? They called out to him. He kept walking. They followed him all the way to the house. Let me share this with you to help you get a better hold of this. There's a ministry I, I became aware of that help, um, that help pastors and ministers who've fallen. There's a, a minister that I knew years ago that fell, and I, got, I, I came to know the head of this ministry. Their goal is to restore those pastors to God first and then to, their, to, to their, their spouse and then if their family and then possibly to the church. But it was interesting talking with the leader of this ministry who founded it. 20-some years ago, and this man was in his 70s, and I, this was maybe three years ago, and I talked to him. And so they deal with very difficult emotional situations uh, with people who are, you know, usually in their uh, later years or have been in ministry a long time. And he said, when, a, when, a, when, a, when a, a man or a woman has fallen or done something they should not have done, we, when we first started the ministry, we would reach out to them. We found out very quickly, if we take the initiative to reach out to them, it doesn't work. In, they, we, we, we changed our policy right away. They have to come to us. Because if they don't exercise the initiative to get help, that we can't help them. Boy, is that true. Jesus is demonstrating that in these passages. He's seeing, do they really want this? Do they have that well-grounded assurance in me? Because it's not going to work if they don't. This is not a game. This is spiritual warfare, and faith has to be real. When he answered, excuse me, when he entered the house, the blind men came up to him, and Jesus said to them, look at this question. Do you believe? That's what I want to know. doesn't matter what's wrong with you. That's not the issue. Do you believe that I'm able to do this? Your faith is the issue. What you believe is the issue. The voices you've been listening to is the issue. The shows you've been watching, that's the issue. Right? Do you believe that I'm able to do this? They say, yes, Lord. Here it is. This is the scripture. You ready? He touched their eyes and said, become what you Believe. That's the one I was talking about right there. He touched their eyes and said, Become what you believe. This is the fourth one we've looked at. In, in four of these, we can look at others. Every time the healing that they received was not dependent upon God's will or God's power, but on what they believed. Become what you believe. If I could pull one principle, one all-encompassing principle out of the Bible, it would be that one. Boy, is it true. 
I will become what I believe. And that's not like a one moment thing. That's something that builds over time. Wow. Become what you believe. So this is what we're going to do. I'm going to give you some scriptures. We don't have time to go through them all, so I want to give them to you so you can do this on your own. And it's up to you what you do with the word. But these scriptures are going to help you take authority over things in your own life. Okay? So you can just write the references down. I won't have time to write the scriptures. I won't even time to read them all. But these are scriptures regarding these three areas, who God is, what he's done for you through Christ, and who you are in him, as you will become what you believe. Right? So we need to stop blaming God for things and really accept responsibility for the quality of our lives. Because this is an all-encompassing principle. That doesn't mean everything that happens to you is your fault. It doesn't mean that at all. It's just faith, faith will determine ultimately what our lives become and what we have faith in. Here we go. Who God is. Are you ready? I'm just going to give them to you. So you need to fill your heart and fill your mind with scriptures on who God is, what he's done for you, and who you are in Christ. I just picked four. There are a whole bunch more. Who is God? Well, first of all, he's love. 1 John 4.16, right? 1 John 4.16. We've come to know and we have believed. We have a well-grounded assurance of the love that God has for us. God is love. 1 John 4.16. Who is God? He's sheer mercy and grace. Psalm 103, verse 8. God is sheer mercy and grace. And grace. Who is God? He is my light. He is my salvation. He is the strength of my life. Psalm 27 1. Who is God? He is always for me and never against me. Romans 8 31. There's just four scriptures you can digest. And I'm talking about reading these, saying them praying them, let them absolutely sink into the very depth of your spirit. They will produce this confidence I'm talking about. All right, that's who God is, what he's done for us through Christ. All right, what he's done for us. Well, number one, he gave all, right? Romans 8.32. He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Romans 8.32 um, and then for 2 Peter 1, 2 through 3, we'll just give you verse 3 right now. Seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life. Is health part of life? Of course it is. Everything pertaining to life and godliness God has given us. So he gave us all, number one, there's two scriptures for that. He, what has he done? He came to earth as a man so that we would have life and life abundantly, John 10, 10. He bore the curse of sin, Galatians 3.13. He bore our sicknesses and diseases, Matthew 8.17. He bore the punishment necessary for me to be whole, Isaiah 53.4 and 5. He became poor that we might be rich, 2 Corinthians 8.9. And if you keep that verse in context, it's talking about your finances and giving offerings. All right, and then who we are in Christ. 
who we are in Christ is the third part. You need me to repeat any of those references? Okay, which one? I'll go. Huh? We're going fast, all of them. All right, who God is. Ready, who God is. First one, 1 John 4, 16. Psalm 103, 8. Psalm 27, 1. And Romans 8, 31. Hey, you can listen to the podcast, by the way. Right? So let's move on to who are we are, who we are in Christ. Sorry, you get the rest of it. Now you have to listen to it. All right. <laughs> there is a fast forward on there, by the way. All right, who we are in Christ. New creations. Do you know you're a new creation? 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. You need to think of yourself in that way every day. 2 Corinthians 5, 21. You're the righteousness of God in Christ. This is who we are. Psalm 28, 1. Excuse me, Proverbs 28, 1. The righteous are bold as a lion. When you know you're righteous, you will tear the devil's head off. Right? Hallelujah. Uh, justified, who we are in Christ. We're justified. Romans 5.1. So I gave you 2 Corinthians 5.17, 2 Corinthians 5.21, Proverbs 28.1, Romans 5.1. We're dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Romans 6. Uh, 1 through 14 is great. You can do just verse 11 if you want there. Who are we? We walk in the Spirit, not in the flesh. Romans 8.9. Who are we in Christ? We're in him, we're made full, and we're filled with Christ. Colossians 2.10. If you want it, you can have it. But it's not a game, all right? This is who God is. And he, he wants you to experience every last drop of what he's done for you. But you have to realize that he loves you and that he has given you the authority to do this. Okay, he's for you, and he's not against you. Father, we thank you for this time and for this, uh, these so many weeks that we've been spending in your word. Lord, we can't get everything uh, done. We can't do this. Lord, we need you. And we ask you, Father, to quicken us, strengthen us. Holy Spirit, illuminate who you are, what you've done for us, and who we are in you. Let the eyes of our heart be filled with the light of Christ daily. Take us higher and deeper. Lord, that each one of us would know your calling upon our lives, that each one of us would know the surpassing greatness of your power that is in and for us who believe, that each one of us would know the riches of our inheritance in you. In Jesus' name, amen. At Highway Church, we want to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ and experience the abundant life He came to give you. If you'd like to learn more about God's amazing love for you, please visit us at highwaychurch.us. You can email us at info at highwaychurch.us or message us via our Facebook page. Put your trust in Jesus today and taste and see how good He is.